I'm Robin Crane, and this is the Growing Your Financial Business, The Woman's Way podcast. Listen, I was a financial advisor for over a decade, and I got so sick of the old archaic strategies that your grandpa used to get clients. What the industry teaches today is still so outdated and just doesn't work anymore. So I had to find a better way for myself, and then I got obsessed with sharing these how-tos with other women like me. The stuff I teach doesn't require giving up your life, your sanity, or your family time. I want women like you to have it easier than I had it, so you can thrive in the industry. I've now helped thousands of women grow their financial businesses to multiple six figures, some even seven figures per year. So on this podcast, you're going to get an inside look at how they did it so you can do it too. Let's dive into the show. Welcome. Welcome. I am so excited. I had to shush my guest, which is not very nice, but it's because she has so much, so many goodies to share. I'm like, wait, we got to get this on the podcast. I don't want to repeat anything like, and this is so, so good. Okay. So I just found out because I came unprepared, just came right, <laughs> right to the podcast from a coaching call, completely unprepared. Let's just be real. And, um, I, and I found out that this woman is, was a pop star, which is really interesting. And I want to know if I know any of your songs, um, in a group called boy crazy. That's so interesting because I feel like I know someone who had a, an, I don't know, a similar name. Someone who was band. in that group. I mean, yeah. there were only five of yeah. us. So, well, maybe, I don't know. So this is Jocelyn Herman. Satchio. I was kind of going to guess that. Okay. And I'm just excited. She's a transformative coach. She's helped over 200,000 people. She's done like probably more talks and presentations and, and helping that we can all count. And she looks, um, really young. So it's just <laughs> apparently smoke and mirrors because she lives in Paris. Um, in her work with both individuals and organizations, she has had the honor of guiding many people through the empowering process of becoming unmessable with. So we're going to get into that, what the heck that means, but I'm actually more curious about some other stuff first. Yeah. So, so you, you told me, um, you used to lead the forum landmark. So tell yeah. me a little bit about that because not everybody knows about it. I actually never did landmark. I think, you know, I did like kind of the Tony Robbins work uh -huh. and, and I had a coach for, uh, actually I'm still working with him. It's been over a decade and he used to lead landmark. Maybe, you know, him, Jeff Slater, Do you know, Jeff. Nope. Okay. Kane Minkus. Well, they met there, but anyway, oh, yeah. um, so they used to lead landmark, but tell us a little about that because not everybody knows about it. And I know sure. it's amazing. And I'm kind of curious. Yeah, Landmark's a, you know, one of the best things I ever did. Uh, but I originally participated in transformative seminars when I was 11 in something called the EST training, which doesn't exist anymore. It was back in the seventies. It was a very seventies thing. And that I did because my mother did it. When my parents were separated, they were going to get divorced. And then a year later, my dad did it and they got back together and they just celebrated their 65th year together. My parents are 90 and 92. And if it hadn't have been Whoa. for transformation, I know, insane, right? Hadn't have been for transformative seminars, we wouldn't have the family we have. I, you know, so I was like, well, can I do it? And they had a kid's wow. version. So I did it. And, and I was just always in that conversation of what's possible and blah, blah, blah. So then when I was in my late teens, early twenties, I, reviewed it or I did I did the I did the forum basically and that's when I started leading transformative work so I became a leader for landmark and I also fulfilled my lifetime dream of getting a record deal which was literally like in 3 weeks I was in a seminar. I saw the limiting belief that was keeping me from acting on my singing career. I always wanted to be a singer since I was 4 and I lived inside of a reality that you don't do your art as your career. 
you know, that just was yeah. like the way it was. Right. And how old were you when you became a pop star? Uh, 22, 21. Okay. Yeah. I was a baby, cool. but I was the oldest one in the group. They were all like 14 and 15, wow. and, but I saw that insight in, in a seminar. And then were you the singer? Later, I had a, we were all, we were like oh, a singing group. It's it was like, like a girl bands. It was, it wasn't even a band because we didn't play instruments. It was a girl group. We were the female version of New Kids on the Block. Yeah, which might that's be what a I, that, I meant like, like a boy band, like a girl band, like New Kids on the Block. That's exactly yeah. what I was thinking. That yeah. is so cool. So did you dance as well? Like where you did, it's dance? frightening. You can look up videos and see I can't me wait to look up videos. Thigh high boots and overalls with one thing down. And How long thing. did that last? We were together for five years. Oh my gosh! And it was a dream come true. We traveled. Can you sing the like your your the 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 pop the hit. Song, the hit song? Give me a little like sure. A little. That's of it. what love can do. I don't wanna break your heart in two. And that knocked Whitney Houston's "I Will Always Love You" off number no. one spot. We Holy were the next no. number one. Oh my gosh! I'm sorry to to aid you here no, because people totally. are going to do the math. But like, what year was this? Because I'm wondering uh, how old was I? 1912. It wasn't. It was now. It wasn't. I you. No, it was. Uh, we got together in 1991 or 1990, okay. and the hit was 1993. It was 30. Okay, so I was yeah. like basically a junior in 93. I was a junior in high school. You are um, our target audience. Yeah. So I feel like, I mean, I probably know some of that music, but maybe I just wasn't, you know, as into the girl band stuff. I probably was listening to New Kids on the Block. I didn't really listen to New Kids on the Block too much, but um, so that's so interesting. So, so what did that, I, I'm so curious, like there's all these other things you can teach, but I, I'm curious. I, I, I didn't tell you this, but I used to be a singer songwriter. Oh, so come on. I mean, you know, and I didn't make it or have much success at all, but it was fun and it was a good experience. Um, but I'm curious, like, cause one of the things I was thinking about when I was doing, um, you know, trying that path and whatever, is like, even if I was successful, like I could imagine, and I was more of the folksy type, uh -huh. like I would think about people like Dar Williams and those people that weren't, were successful, but they probably weren't making all that much money. And I'm like, I'll probably only make like 60 to hundred grand or, you know, something like that. So it's going to be really hard to be financially successful unless you hit it big. And so I'm curious, like, did that set you up financially? financially because five years of girl band like or was it all yeah the record got it all or did you actually make good money and like did you come out we a millionaire did not, we did not make good money at all in fact thank god i was producing television commercials during the time because and i had a mortgage and all of that you know i was like a grown-up a grown-up 20 year old um <laughs> i think we made like seventeen thousand dollars in five years no uh yeah and we had a number one no record. You took down Whitney Houston as number one, and you made seventeen grand in each in five years. Yeah, and I'll tell you why. Because we didn't what write the, the song. Oh, the people who make see, money. I was a are the I still made no money. Yeah, well, um, there you go. Welcome. To but the maybe club, I should have uh, tried to do something with my songwriting. You know. Um, wow, that is still crazy. You have a catalog that's that's worth money. That's, well, maybe we should talk about that. Like yeah, that's a side, side hustle. Okay. Yeah. yeah. 
But so, so holy crap, that's a crazy 70,005 years. So you were like, you know, this is why all the big pop stars are still writing stuff about, you know, being broke and all the things you're like, I mean, I know the whole, especially back then with like recouping and like, so you're living this life. It looks like, you know, limos and and everything. So, which is kind of cool. It was awesome. We went to Japan. You don't have to pay for anything. So it's like, you don't need the money, but then you have no money to like, you know, get ahead financially or, or pay for your mortgage. Basically, you know, I couldn't pay my electric bill, but I was riding around in limos, you know, it was awesome, but it was awesome. And I, you know, was always very good with money. And before I was doing that, I was running a company. And so I had money set aside, but the kids, yeah, well, I, I'm, you know, I don't mess around. Right. So the kids in the group, um, they were living with their parents. So course, I mean, they yeah. didn't have bills. So it was like, I was the only one who had like that kind of life. Did you that I had you just to... always looked young? Like, how did you get away with being like 22 and everybody else was like 14? Well, it's funny because when I auditioned for the group, this is how the whole thing went down. So like it was, I had this insight about- We might have to do a part two actually talking about the transformative <laughs> work. But like right now, I just want to know all the things. Like this is just too entertaining. Well, my girlfriend who at the time was the St. Pauli girl, I, which is a blast from the past. And she used to be on Facts of Life, you know, many years ago. I know anyway, Facts of Life. Yeah. Yeah. So her name's Felice. So she auditioned for this group. They were looking for people. This is your girlfriend at the time. Yeah, she's just You're like not still friend. together. Okay. No, no, she's not like my partner. She was my oh, okay. like my okay. friend. Okay. So uh yeah, no, I'm married 30 years, three kids, oh, okay. like that. Okay. So in any case, so she auditioned for this group, Boy Crazy, because they lost their fifth member and needed to replace the fifth member. And she was more dancer and they were looking for more singer. And I had just started introducing myself to people as a singer once I had this breakthrough in the forum. So I like literally just told her the week before that I was a singer. I never told her that because I was a business person, you know, whatever. And she says to them, you know, I'm not right for this, but my friend Jocelyn is a singer. So I get this phone call from the manager going, you know, well, we hear you're a singer. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me right now. How could that happen? I just started introducing myself to Talk people about manifesting. Singer. Like that's insane. Magic, right? Oh and my God. they go, we're looking for this, blah, blah, blah. So I go and I, I have a demo I had made in that last week. So I went and I gave them the demo and I'm sitting there in the meeting. Like in your basement, you must've made a demo like on a cassette, like in your basement or something. It was on a cassette, but it was, you know, friends of mine had a studio. I mean, I knew I was producing commercials at the time. So I knew people with studios. So I had the demo and I meet with them and we're having this whole conversation and they're telling me about the group. And I'm like, this is like my dream come true. This is what I've wanted since I was four years old. And I'm telling them this, right? So then they call, they call or the agent calls me and says they decided to go with a younger girl. So this is going back to your question because all these mm. kids are like, like teenagers, yeah. right? And I was like, okay, fine. That's fine because now I see it's possible and I'm going to now act on it. So I start making a list of all the people I know in the music business and who can I reach out to. And, did, and the next day, I went out to lunch. This is before cell phones, right? Or they had them, but they were like nine pounds. You know? So I was <laughs> out to in lunch. the car. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Those big, huge things, suitcases. And I was out to lunch with a friend. We were organizing like a charity benefit. And I was out for like three hours. And I come back to my office and there's like 10 messages from the agent on this job. And I go, what is it? And she goes, they changed their mind. They want to go with you. Wow. They decided having somebody older could keep the girls in line. Mm. 
ha ha ha. That didn't work out quite well, but did did they respect you? Like, did it help? Or did you feel like it was like, I have to be mom and it was annoying and you were just passing them the drugs? It really, you don't have to know no one. No, I never, I'm not, that's not my thing. But one of the girls, the youngest girl traveled with her mother. So the mother and I would hang out and sit at the the, like the (laughs) table drinking coffee while the girls were like out buying magazines and whatever. You were not just were you 22, but like you were a very mature 22, like to be, to have a business already by then to be like working and to start personal development at 11. I mean, who does that? My most, people i my first introduction to personal development i was i think 29 years old maybe 30 yeah you know, most people financial are advisor. Like yeah and it was like i'm like what is this and and then i would hear some people like that like the anomaly where like they grew up and their parents would put you know someone in the, you know on, on the cassette in the car when they go on drives and i'm like oh my god imagine what my life would be like if like i learned this when i was a kid which is one of the reasons why like i want to teach that to my kids i just bought yeah. these bracelets that i was trying to find the right size but you know those like jelly bracelets yeah, 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 sure. like they say something on it and yeah. so i bought them that had like positive sayings because i just want to keep like indoctrinating my kids and learning like they get to control their life and their lives and they get to have what they want and so have courage and all this stuff but the ones i got were like they were so hard to understand that you know amazon <laughs> like immediately took them back i'm like what does this mean and it was oh, like a very hysterical. confusing quote. but i'm getting another shipment today so we'll see but i'm i mean we're just i want to i even i'm like on this i'm still in my gym clothes i'm like on this health kick right now and waking up early and doing all the things you know to get in the right mindset and so I wake up, like I saw my kids were waking up. They actually slept in the same bed last night. It was so cute. Like my five-year-old son, um, he's like, Sage, can I sleep in your bed tonight? And she's three, you know, and he's, he's the one that's asking, can I please Aww. like hang out with you little, little sister? Adorable. And she's like, yeah, you can sleep here tonight. So I woke up to find, you know, they were waking up in that, in, in her bed. It's just a big king size bed, weird for a three-year-old, but anyway, she does. And so um, I walk in there and I'm all motivated. I'm like, come on, you guys want to get up, want to exercise? Like, let's do some motivation. <laughs> like I wanted them to kind of, and they're like, eh, like, eh, you know, and I'm like, okay, we'll just do the things like brush your teeth, go potty. Yeah, like, or, I mean, eat. if I had like, a big king ready. size yeah. bed and I was three, I wouldn't want to get out of it either. It's like I a know, I know. Bed, you know, my son is named Sage. No way. Yeah. My oh, almost 20, so 21 cool. year old. Yeah. Oh my God. That's so cool. Oh, well, I love the name Sage. Yeah. yeah. So um, amazing. Amazing. So, well, there's so much stuff. I, it's like, I really do think we need a part two. So I'm going to, I'm going to go deep instead of like, just try to yeah, get everything. Absolutely. Cause I, I would love to have you again. Um, I'd love to see you again. Oh, we're like, basically like, I know we're like the same people, except you're much younger than me. (laughs) (laughs) Not that much, but so, okay. So what was it like? I mean, obviously you had a lot of, you know, quote unquote motivation when your parents almost like that is something extremely traumatic for a kid when your parents are going through a divorce or almost going through a divorce and to see something, turn that around. Like, obviously that's going to make a huge imprint on you. Like, so it's almost like, I feel like, Oh, that's the key to raise my kids to be so awesome and become pop stars. It's like, all I got to do is pretend I'm going to get a divorce with my husband. Right. When I'm doing that, I go to a motivational (laughs) seminar, transform, do some transformative work. And I'm like, kids, this is why we stay together together and boom, they'll be perfect now. Just kidding. Yes. Their master so, plan is coming to fruition. But how did that affect you growing up? Like, well, like it must've been hard in some ways that you almost like, I, I know you probably didn't feel enlightened, but to, to the, to, I guess that's an extreme, that's an extreme word to use. But my guess is with having that knowledge, 
as a teenager, when yeah. most people are in their problems that are like not problems, like it's hard for me. I see my 16 year old daughter and I was like, really? Like, like, and I try not to judge and all that. And I'm like, okay, I understand like, yeah, why you're giving yourself a hard time about this. And yeah. you don't know if you should not date this kid or not that you're definitely not going to marry, but, but yeah, you know, it's but like, they don't know that at that. Yeah. Time. Yeah. And I get it. And I try to like go back to when I was a teenager, but living it when you're 11, 12, 13, whatever, even through high school, when you kind of know this secret that no one else is going to want to listen to, no one else is going to want to know. And no one's probably going to believe you. Like, what was that like? Were you trying to teach it? Were you? No, not at all. It was very natural. You know, when young people do my, all my kids did the transformative work when they were six and seven. So they've grown up inside of having the tools. I mean, if I had done this when I was six, a lot of things would be different too. You know, what did they do specifically? I'm taking notes. Like at, they did the what forum. did you put them in? Forum. Okay. They did the forum. I mean, and they did the advanced course, which is the second part of the curriculum at Landmark. And I led the advanced course for almost for more than 30 years and the forum I led and I helped design the advanced course and I coached people that lead there. So I was like enmeshed for can I, years. Can I interrupt you for a second? Because sure. you reminded me of one of the reasons why I didn't do the forum is because I heard, and this is so crazy, but this, this is, I think really good for the, you know, those of you listening who, you know, you want to get referrals, but you're afraid to ask. Because what I remember is that someone said they went to the forum and afterwards they had, there was like a lot of pressure to give referrals or like to basically introduce people to the forum, almost a little cult-like. And I'm, I, I'm, this is just my memory of it. I could be yeah, totally No, no, wrong. no. I, that's lots of people have that conversation about yeah, and it, so, especially if they haven't done it, but even, you know, whatever. And I never did it. Right. And I did yeah. then eventually to Tony Robbins and things like that. And, and I still haven't done the forum, but now I feel like I should, but that was one of the things I heard and scared me. Cause I'm like, I know I'm going to drink the Kool-Aid. I'm going to love this, but like, I don't want to be in that position where I have to like push people to go. Yeah, so you never have that, to do that at all. It's, it's like totally made up. But the whole thing about being pressured, you know, people, first of all, there's no such thing as pressure in the world. Right. So people feel pressured waiting to happen. You know, you go into a store, somebody goes, can I help you? You're like, don't pressure me. You know, it's like, right, a, you right, know, we're right. just, as a culture, we just- It's our stuff. It's our stuff. And it's kind of like, it's a good distinction in the form actually, which is talking about what happened and the story about what happened and how we conflate those two things. So somebody says, you know, come do the form. I think you should do the form. Like if I said to you, oh my God, you would love the form. You should totally do the forum you could go stop pressuring me right, you know? right? or you could be like, wow, you really give a hoot about my life or, you yeah. know, you care about me or whatever. So it's, it's no different than, oh my God, oh, I just found, found the best restaurant in the whole world. People get very enthusiastic when they come out of the forum because they're free. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. I've never it. seen anything as effective in such a short amount of time. Sounds awesome. Literally take away lids and limits. So in any case, I'm like already regretting not going already. So like, sign me up. Do sign it me online up. now. I'm telling you, well, oh I'm God. not there anymore. Awesome. I retired from land. Yeah, I know. So. I'm just, it sounds yeah, awesome. But so again, awesome. if you, if you don't know what this is, you're listening right now and going, God, they're talking a lot about the form and I have no idea what it is. You can look it up. Obviously most people like are not patient enough to wait to the end of the episode to look it up, but <laughs> and she's not even promoting it because she's not even there, but exactly. But it's, but, it, but it's the best thing I ever did. It's essentially like a personal development seminar that, um, you know, like you said, is completely transformative and really helps you probably learn more about yourself and, and how you react to things. And so that you, uh, can be free to fulfill on what you want. It's really, it's like high performance coaching on being in life rather than doing it. 
Yeah, it's awesome. But in any case, my kids all did that. So when I was, you know, a teenager, all my friends were very heavy into drama, if you can imagine, teenage girls, right? Very heavy into drama. I didn't really, things were not dramatic for me. I dealt Mm -hmm. with things as they happen and enabled me to graduate early. You know, I I was looking at, okay, do I want to stay in high school? Maybe I'll leave high school. I mean, I was literally like thinking all these things. I kind of want to start a recording studio. And then instead I worked out how to have it all by graduating early. I ended up going to business school for like three months. And I was like, you know what? This is not what I want to do. Now let me create something else. I created a recording studio. Then I you know, fell into a job in production. I became the head of that company, writing the checks. I mean, by 19, I was running a company. But that was that was a music studio company. What was the company? No, that was an animation company. So I was producing animation, animated commercials, and we were developing feature films, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) It was great. And that's when I ended up getting the record deal after I was I was still producer. So I still freelanced as a producer while I was in Boy Crazy, which worked out pretty well because, you know, I did need to pay that mortgage. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gosh, that's so impressive. So what would you say based on, you know, I'm really just cheating so I can come up with the title at the end of this, but what would you say based on what we already talked about, like some of the biggest takeaways so far, like that we've talked about or that you got, or that you could say like, here's important when here's something important that, that you got to know when it comes to growing your financial business. Yeah. Well, first of all, you got to be related to reality. And most people aren't. Most people live, and this is perfect, what we were talking about, about what's happening versus the story. Most people live in a story about their money. So they live in, I don't have enough, or you know, I spend too much, or whatever conversation you are about money. You got to get related to what's actually happening in your money. How much do you have in every account? How much do you make? How much do you spend? And most people are just They don't even want to deal with that. But until you get related to what's actually happening, you can't really create what's possible because anything you create is on shaky foundation. So that's the first thing I tell the people that I coach when they're having money stuff is to do like a financial diary, uh, you know, an audit of everything that they have, everything that comes in and everything that goes out. And by the way, because like most listening might say, oh, duh, like that's what I teach my clients. But the question is, like, are you actually doing it? Because, you know, I know as a CFP and someone who knows what you're supposed to do, I definitely didn't always and still don't always do the right things and and really have total clarity. And like, I'm always looking at the numbers and they have no idea. Or what are your KPIs when it comes to your conversions on your first meeting, second meeting, third meeting? Like I'm looking at those key performance indicators and most are not, right? So whether it's looking at your dollars or looking at your your KPIs when it comes to your business, step one, you're basically saying is like clarity and clarity is power. Everybody says, you know, clarity is power and all, you know, clarity is, I don't know. (laughs) I always say clarity is worth money, but when you talk clarity with anything is, is power because, you know, if you don't know how much you weigh, or what your cholesterol is, how are you going to impact your well-being? You know, so it's the same, it's the same principle, but money is so cool. I love, I love numbers and I love money because you can't mess with that. It is unmessable with money is unmessable with. And so is our, is math. Did Tony Robbins tell you to say that? He says, say, I love numbers and numbers love me. I think he has people say that because some people are resistant to that. Yeah. And when you resist reality, you can't create what's possible. You just can't do it. You know, so reality, you got to know what's what. And I have people with companies that they're bookkeepers or whatever. They're like a month behind on their reports. I said, you got to fire those people. 
You got to get new people or get them to do it. So you have real time updates because mm. you can't impact something that already happened. That's insanity. Right. It's good. What else you got? What about money? Well, well, we're business. Like, I mean, you've, sure. you've been a business owner for, I mean, 30 you know, years, 25 years, 25 okay, years, a long time, right? Many, yeah. many decades or pop star. I mean, all the good stuff. Um, yeah. What, what would be like just some of the things that you think is really important for them to, to think about and, and incorporating like the transformative work? Cause that's, that's what you're so great at because we all know it's, it's mindset. It's mostly mindset, but so one is like reality, like what is really happening, understanding your yeah. numbers, business or otherwise, or just understanding like how to read the scale. Like it might not be weight in this case, but that's it's like, right. what are the KPIs? What are the things you have to look at? Well, cool. the context is decisive. So I always tell this to people and it, I'll demonstrate it for you. But in the context number, what is this? One. Yeah. And in the context body part, what is Body it? part? A penis? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> She's I holding up one, one finger. Yeah. Oh, so finger. it's a finger. Exactly. Oh, it's I not, thought it was representing something. No, it's not. Sorry, a it wasn't question. I'm sorry. I said penis. I said it. I said it. I said penis on my podcast. Uh, I had well, a podcast. Well, that's a whole other conversation yeah. that we could go into the source of that answer. But in any oh, case. Boy. Oh, boy. No, this is now we'll have to do like a podcast on all the transformative work I need because I thought your finger represented a penis. But keep going. Keep going. But that's I mean, a very, very sad penis, if that's really, it's, we need to talk about that. It has separately. nothing to do with my husband. I promise you, I was, for some reason, had my head in the gutter. I, I apologize. We can never turn that, back time. Okay. I have that impact on people. But in any case, the point is nothing altered in reality, but the context is decisive. Oh, yeah. So in the context, you know, direction, it's up. So it's, it's the context See? inside of which you're, operating that gives you your experience of life. And that's what's transformable. You can't transform stuff. You, you know, you're not going to transform a lipstick into something else. You can change it. You can add to it. You can fix it. You can, you know, which is what most people do in life. They try and fix themselves or change themselves or change their partner or their business or whatever. But the context is what's giving you your experience of life, which gives you your actions, which gives you your results. So inside of business, if the context is survival or, you know, managing what you've built, that's a very different context than what am I creating? And mm -hmm. most people, especially effective, successful people are really good at managing stuff, which is a different muscle than creating. And what they created mm -hmm. in the beginning, like I'm sure you could recall, even with your podcast, when you first created it, it was exciting and magical. You didn't know what you were doing. You were making mistakes. It didn't even matter. All of it was enlivening. But then you built it and it moved over from creation to management. Mm -hmm. And now you're not looking up and out. You're looking down and in and who's my next guest and do I have to do the studying? And I'm, the, I'm the not. And, I'm well. not. But my team is. But I don't know in this case if that's true, not to make you wrong. No, but no, like, no, not at all. But I, in this, I, I think I'm very like this is one of the places like be, that because I just get to, as you saw, I, I didn't prepare. Like I show up, I chat, I have fun. This is my zone of genius. And I think it's like when I'm in my zone of genius where I'm coaching, I'm and you're speaking. Creating. 
entertaining. I'm in creation. And so luckily I don't have to deal with that. If I had to deal with it, I do sometimes edit the show notes and I'll tell you that I'm in management and I don't like to do that. And that is not my favorite because I just want to be like, I want to be in the creation mode. I want to, I want to do that. And I'm not, but in a lot of areas of my business, for sure, I am in that survival of, of, of managing, not of creating and the, the stress and all that. Like I definitely get into those moments. And, and that's the same thing with your clients or with anybody, especially in business. If, you know, if you're doing something to pay the bills or if you're doing, if the context is I've got to get this client, otherwise we're not going to make right. our quota. That is not an empowering context. So you're never going to have the kind of magic and aliveness that you have when you're in creation mode, because you can, you know, the difference, you know, of those two worlds, because they're two different muscles and they're two different worlds. Okay. So I got a question for you. So at what point are you in too much creation? Because I will tell you, and this is no judgment to my extremely endowed husband. Husband. Yes. Very, very endowed. Um, That's what I've heard. Hugely, hugely hugely endowed. Is that, I mean, he is, he is a creator. He loves creation in the past, you know, like he went through a $2.2 million bankruptcy. Like he's, you know, getting back on his feet. Like it wasn't, you know, he just, he would, he's not focused on the, uh, he gets like that, you know, but in the past, like he had those challenges. And so, so much creation, a lot of times meant not so much money. And there are people well, like that, that it's like, there's just a lot of focus on creating, creating, but they don't necessarily look at the KPIs. They're not necessarily focused on, and that takes like kind of step one and two, what you talked about is like really important. Reality. Yeah, is exactly. that, is that what it is? Like as long as they're it's, paired together or it's, it's not just paired together. It's when you create something, unless you have a structure to fulfill on it, it's a little bit BS. Hmm. It's, it's like airy fairy kind of pie in the sky, unless there's a pathway to reality. So a lot of that has to do with, you know, what are the actions that are going to be required to fulfill on what you're creating? And then where do those actions live? Are they in your calendar? Are they in somebody's calendar? If you're not going to do it. But that's managing, right? That's managing. Well, you can manage from a creative space. Most Um. people don't because the default mode in management is to look down and survive and react to things. And, you know, most successful people are really good reactors, which again is a different muscle, as you know, from creation. And, and, and I'm glad you brought that up because this is like my, my internal quest right now is to stop reacting. And it's like, it's such a, it's such a challenge because I've lived my life being successful because I react and because of, of, uh, my ability to take action, like imperfect action too, like that I am just an action taker. I just go, I just go. It's not like ready, aim, fire. I'm like, yeah, fire, no, no, no. Fire, fire, course correct later. Like let's fix it later. And that has gotten me here. But as everybody says, what got you here won't get you there. And so now like, even you can hear with my voice, I'm so calm. Like I am really aware of it. It does not mean I don't react, but I'm even this morning, I had a uh, I'm embarrassed to say I spent two and a half hours trying to fix my printer only to find out by the end that it's not fixable and that I could have bought one get, that arrives. I could last. Yeah. I, I can buy one in a hundred for $169. It will arrive today. Today. Yep. Thank, Thank you, Amazon. you. Amazon. Thank you. Amazon. So I'm like, I'm like, holy crap. And the thing is, it's like, I was, I was reacting. Cause I'm like, yeah. I had to get these, we're sending some mailers out. I have, you know, someone on my team is down the street who's doing it, but I'm like, holy crap, we have to send a lot. Yes. I could go to, to office depot, Kinko's just see or your pain. Like, and I was being cheap about it, but like, 
I'm already feeling like I'm taking a risk, all the reasons or whatever that I'm doing something extremely stupid. But the difference is, and I love that you said context, is that because I know I'm on this quest, I have a, a shift in awareness and it doesn't always stop me. But like I was actually excited, even in my frustration of the learnings I was getting from it. Cause I'm like, oh my God, like I'm never doing this again. I left two messages, one for my COO, one for my assistant. And I'm like, next time, if this ever happens, we're at a war, if we're in warranty, we get a new freaking printer. If we're out of warranty, we give it away because I can't throw anything away, but we give it away and buy a new printer that day. Like I am not doing this again because I was like the, that cost me like thousands and thousands of dollars to like, I can't even, I just got, I just got into it because it's like, I'm, I'm a finisher. Right. So it's like, like, I could not, because I didn't have an appointment. I was supposed to be working on other things, but I didn't have a set appointment. This has to do with the container and managing that. I was like, the structure wasn't in place today, which is very unusual. So that I was like, Oh, like, I just have to figure this out. Like I was obsessed and I'm, and I actually wasn't even that frustrated considering my normal frustration level with that, (laughs) but I was just like, but I still kept taking the time. I was like, even nice to the person helping me on the phone. I was like, I was like, she's like, how was your day? And I said, well, I've been spending about, I was like, I've been spending two hours on this. So it's not my favorite, but I'm really happy to be able to get this done. And she goes, you know, so in for the Philippines or something. And she goes, I'm happy that you're happy. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> and like, I was like, Robin, who are you? That was so calm. And I wasn't in like no frustration, but I was definitely like, that's not normally how I am. I'd be like, okay, just help me. Like I have like 10 minutes, hurry up, you know? And yeah. so anyway, I think the awareness is really helpful. Context, I think, as you said, it is really, really helpful. Um, I also think there's just like that what what I said, and I don't know who said it, but what got you here will not get you there is that realization for me has just been huge because I've always been like, it's like I have taught myself that stress is actually the path and the conduit to success. And so I thought my unconscious mind. Yeah, that's your brain patterns are just yeah. grooved into that. Like the only way I could be successful and continue to have success is that I have to keep being stressed. And what I realize is it's absolutely the opposite. And especially for next level for me, it's like, it's so exciting to think about, okay, I have this thing. I got to tell you one more thing. And I know we got to go because I'm going later, but who cares? Cause I want to, I want to tell you this thing. And I think and everybody listening. So I had this, um, fem event. I don't think I talked about this on the podcast yet. If you've listened to all my podcasts, and I talked about this again, tell me, that'd be so exciting. I'll give you a reward <laughs> for listening. But um, I don't think I talked about it, yet. but I had this event and um, one of the ladies in my program, um, she has like, I think close to a million dollar a year financial practice. Like, so she's, uh, she bought a business, bought like acquired a, a business and, and they're a book of business. And so she's been very successful. And I do these hot seats at my event. And she said, she said, you know, Robin, I said, what's the challenge? And she's like, I'm just, I'm so bored. And I'm just like, I feel bored and frustrated all the time. Like I just, I'm, I'm at this like boredom and like just stagnant and just frustrated. Yeah. I can't seem to get ahead. And, and so I was like, well, tell me more about that. Like what's happening. And she's like, well, you know, like I have, she has a small team too. And like they, someone calls of course, and she takes the call. And so at what we realized during this hot seat is like, everything is that she's reacting. Yeah. You can so hear she's it. Just reacting, reacting, reacting. And so I had this like, vision of like my, my right, my right and my left hand. And I was like, uh, her name's Sam. And I was sorry about the notifications. I no problem. To off. It's like, ding, ding, shush. I don't have to turn it off. But anyway, so I have, I, I was telling her, I was like, so here's what I want you to realize. Oh, and she, this is what she said. 
not only was she bored, feeling like things are stagnant, not moving, she was like, I'm exhausted. Yeah, straining. How much I sleep, no matter what I do. And like, she's like, I'm exhausted. I'm not like having fun anymore. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. Cause all she's doing is reacting all day long. And so I was imagining like both my, my wrists. And I was like, so I want you to think about this. And like, I want you to think like your right wrist is like, this is your energy bar and think of it as a battery. And like, every time you don't react, and this was a hot seat for me. I was really just telling myself, I was like, every time you react, like it's basically on the left hand, like your battery is depleting. And I'm imagining like, oh, this is like, that's great tattoo, but like you're depleting energy every time you react and every time you pause and every time you wait and every time you don't react and you actually, what is it? Sympathetic or parasympathetic? I always get confused. Yeah, I get confused your nervous too, system, the calming yes, one, your hormones I, that are. Paras- <laughs> yeah. I think it's the para. Yeah. So whenever you're calming, you're calming yourself. It's basically like recharging your battery. And so you're recharging and recharging. And so as long as you stop reacting and because that's so depleting and instead you pause and, and you don't react, I'm like, then you're going to have more and more energy. You're going to feel more and more alive. And I said, you know, when you're not tired, Sam, like when you're, when you're meeting with a client and you're really excited, we start talking about what she likes to do, like problem solving and financial planning and all the things. And I'm like, you don't feel tired tired. I'm like, I did not sleep very much. I'm getting up early. I, you know, slept maybe four or five hours last night and I've been pumped all day, except for the fact that when I was maybe doing the two and a half hours of my, my yeah, the printer, printer thing, maybe was a drain printer thing but- was not maybe pumped, but like, then I get on a coaching call and then I get on this and I'm like, cause I'm like, I don't feel tired. I don't feel exhausted. I'm not reacting. I'm present. And now I'm in the moment. Now I'm doing what I'm good at. And I'm like, and I'm, and then it's like, when there's a pause. And so even yesterday I got, I got frustrated about something and I was like, Oh, like, I feel like I want this right now. And I'm feeling the urgency right now. And I'm like, it took me a few a couple minutes. I'm like, I'm going to not react, even though I feel like reacting will get me there faster. If I don't react, this is such an internal, like my internal dialogue right here, but it's like, if I don't relax, don't react, I'm recharging the battery and I'm telling the universe, like I can, I can do more. I'm okay. I don't have to react to everything. I I heard the message. I get it. So I'm ready for the next level. And even though it's not going to get me the immediate result, I think I want, because I'm not reacting, that sacrifice is to get me a bigger result overall. That's like aligned with my vision. That's like who I need to become so I can create everything that I want. So this has been my quest right now. And so I've ordered part of the reason I ordered those bracelets and then I decided to order some for my kids because I'm going to have my right hand have all the bracelets. You guys will see this on the next podcast because they're they're in the mail right now. But I'm going to keep putting like the, the bracelets on my right hand as I give myself more and more like positive energy. And then if I deplete it by reacting, I'm going to take a bracelet off my right hand, put it on my left hand and show myself like I'm depleting the energy by reacting so I can get whatever to it takes <laughs> to keep it in reality <laughs> for you. But let me offer you the next space of what you're yes. creating. Get it and okay. then we'll end it. We'll end it yeah. so they can go home and or do whatever. Or go yeah. on. So being Back aware that you're reacting is great. It's a huge step. It's a first step and everything. But unless you have pre-created another road to go down, it's not going to carry the day. Because you'll get that moment of calm, you'll take your breath, but you're going to end up back into the world of reaction because you haven't created a new pathway. What's and the new, new oh, Tony Robbins says the same type of stuff because it's like you if you get rid of smoking, you have to create the new you have to replace it. So what's how do I do that? T- teach me. Well, that's 
context. I mean, that's what are you creating? What's your vision for this oh, situation? What's on. your okay? That, so when you have a vision, so whatever it is, whether it's yeah, joy yeah. or if it's empowerment or whatever, you know, whatever you make up, then you go, okay, so now what action would joy take right now? Instead of irritation or annoyance or whatever. So you get to neutral, but neutral the universe won't tolerate empty space. It's going to mm -hmm. go somewhere. And that road of going down the reaction path is so grooved in. It's paved. It's easy. The road of creation is more like tree branches and you need to carve it. So you create something. And it's funny because on my right arm, I have a tattoo that says abracadabra, which mm -hmm. means in ancient Aramaic, with my word, I create. So this is my arm to create anything. So whatever I'm doing at the moment, I bracket mm. the reaction, I get to neutral and then, okay, now what am I creating? And then that muscle gets as strong. Your, your reaction muscle is just super strong. It's like an overcompensating. But it's kind muscle. of more like, I mean, can I think of it as just like focus? Like what am I going to focus on instead? Well, it's act on. Act on. And oh, come okay. from. So it's really, if you don't take action, nothing's going to happen. Well, breaths could be that, right? Sure. I mean, breath can get you to I'm neutral. Not that usually. Okay. Yeah. Breath can get you to the middle point. But then it's like, okay, now what? Okay. Now what? You saw you were reacting. You got like uncrazy. Now you're calm. Okay. It's like an empty canvas. Now, what are you putting on the canvas? If you don't actively create something and act on it, then what's there by default will take over because it has more muscle memory. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm trying to think of how in like these situations, like what I could do differently specifically, but like I still took the action. I just took a calm action. You know, like I need I needed these stickers that I got upset about because my nanny accidentally returned them when I just got them that day and needed them for a mailing. <laughs> <laughs> and I freaked for about a second, you know, maybe 30 seconds. And I'm like, okay, this is really like perspective, you know, breathe. Like this is me not reacting to this is going to reinvigorate me and not exhaust me. And this is going right. to, it's all going to yeah. work out anyway. And it really doesn't matter anyway. But then of course I went online and reordered the stickers for that. We have to wait till Friday, but they're coming. Right. Yeah. I, don't, right. I mean, I don't know if that's what you mean, but so is there a better example you can give me so I can make sure to learn from this? And then we'll yeah, sure. I Friday. mean, I can give you an example from someone else's life, but I could take this example. So you react, you're pissed off about the printer and the stickers and the thing, right? So now you get yourself calm, but that calmness is a reaction to your reaction. So yes. now you're going to have a calm reaction to your yes. irritation. So yes. it's still the world of what reaction. What do I do? What do I do? Tell me, tell okay, me. Okay, so if you if you notice it, you stop it and then you go, okay, what is my commitment in this situation? What am I really committed to? I'm committed to getting the stickers done. Okay, I don't have to do this. What's the shortest pathway to getting the stickers done? You would have probably seen that other pathway much quicker if you weren't reacting to your reaction, to your reaction, to your right, because you were just dealing with your own reaction, mm -hmm. trying to have a better reaction, you know, a more calm reaction. But you were still in the same vicious circle of having to deal with it yourself. You should never spend two and a half. You should never spend two and a half hours. It's embarrassing. That's it, why well, I said it's really embarrassing. That's the thing. So if you're, if you're clear about I your do vision, a whole podcast on that, like how yeah. we all do that dumb shit, you know, yeah. and like how, how many things are you doing? And I don't usually do that stuff, but it's like when they're, like you said, when there's empty space, sometimes like you do, you fill it with dumb stuff. Like when there's a million thing, other things I need to do. So right. um, very good stuff. Okay. Well tell them how to find you. There's a million other things we could talk about. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta let them go. Yeah, absolutely. The website is the art of being unmessable with.com. So there's lots of different things on there to 
explore. And we didn't even get to unmessable with, but like we'll get there <laughs> next time. So thank you again for joining us. Check it out. And we'll put uh, some of your, her, her other links in the show notes as well. All right. We'll see you next time. Hope you learned something and send me a message. I mean, send me a, a message on, I don't know, Instagram, the old uh, email thing, anything. I want to know what you're thinking. You like this is a little too long. You liked it long. You want to know more stories. You don't want the stories. I don't know. Not like I'm going to listen to everything everyone says, but I would like to get some feedback because I don't know. And if you haven't left a review yet, because I'm sure you haven't, because I never asked you to leave a review. review. Now it's my chance to ask for a review. I'm going to do it. All right. Leave a review. Hopefully it's a good one. And we'll see you next time. Bye. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.